SAS people to the SAS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats of the SAS Revolution, courtesy of Sascribe Media. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and uh, it's a real pleasure to be joined today by the founder and chief strategy officer of DocuSign, Tom Gonza. Welcome, Tom. Yeah, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, so it's a real pleasure. Really uh, excited that you joined us today. So, so Tom, um, you're known as the the father of e-signature, uh, but also uh, now, do you consider yourself the father of digital transaction management? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think um, if you were to tailor that a little bit, when, when we started the company, we actually we, we brought uh, e-signatures to the cloud. So, if you father of e-signature, I would be much older because that's been around for quite a while, but. Uh, SaaS-based electronic signature, clearly we we pioneered that. Um, and clearly as that's evolved into digital transaction management, I think we're pioneering in that area as well. So, uh, and uh, I guess now, well, for, uh, you're the, the nickname uh, father of e-signature, but uh, you're also a SaaS superhero uh, this week as well, right? <laughs> yes, that was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, glad you like it. And uh, thanks for tweeting that out. So um, well, why, why did you start DocuSign, Tom? Well, it was one of those things that was an obvious uh, missing part. Um, it, back in 2003, when we got started, um, the, an, an electronic signature process required a hugely com- complicated uh, set of tools. So uh, the, the model, in, in effect, was broken in that I had to have some specialized software. You had to have some specialized software. Uh, I needed to encrypt a file and then send it off in an email to you, and you would then decrypt it try to figure out you know, how that works. You could apply your signature and then encrypt it again and send it back to me. Um, lots of problems in that model. The biggest one is the complexity of having the right software and being able to encrypt and decrypt as a normal human being. Um, and the other is that you're basically still using email. You're distributing a file off. You have no idea where it is. It's, you know, there's really no control in that model. And so we turned it inside out and said, you know, let's, let's put everything in the cloud. We can hide all the complexity of encryption and all the the, the muckety-muck that makes all this stuff secure, and you just need a browser. And it was one of those things that once we once we figured out that that's really the model that would work, it was inevitable. It's like one of those things, we've got to do this. Okay, okay. And, you, and when you started, um, obviously, 2003, um, uh, were you a, a single founder? Yeah. No, I actually, uh, uh, my, my story is kind of interesting. I, this is, I've started several companies. Uh, my last company, uh, it was a company called NetUpdate. We managed mortgage transaction information, so documents, et cetera, but not signing. And at the end of my time at NetUpdate, when the market collapsed in 2000 and everything went down, um, we decided to have that company focused directly on just loan origination. And I, I wanted to do more. And so I, I, when I left the company, we'd actually purchased some assets prior um, around sort of digital signature technology. And I was, I was, already looking at it and said, you know, let's do this new model. And I literally was going to stand up a server and sort of run it myself for a while. But as we started talking to customers, it, obvi- it was it became obvious this was a much, much bigger deal. Um, and so it got started just because it was one of those things that needed to be done. And as, as, soon as, as soon as it looked that big, then you start pulling a bigger team together, bigger, 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 and we are where we are today. How many people are at DocuSign today? About 1,500. 1500 wow okay yeah. and, and and i guess um with that uh well do you consider yourselves a, a startup anymore or, uh, or <laughs> still a startup well i think we behave that way um you know we're continually innovating and we're continually put pushing the needle 
the market is probably between three and five percent penetrated globally. Mm-hmm. So there's still most of the market yet to go. So I think it's important that we are continually, you know, being aggressive in terms of of moving the needle and inventing. Um, uh, we are by far the largest player in this market, uh, but you know, a market a market leader of three percent does not mean you're successful yet. So you know, we behave like a startup still. Okay, absolutely. So that, that and um, I, I guess with if you're behaving like a startup, uh, do you still uh, feel that you've still got the same culture that you had, you know, when you started the company? I mean, is it difficult to maintain as you grow so quickly to fifteen hundred people? It is. It's definitely something we have to focus on. So we do we do some things specifically to make sure we maintain that creativity and that that startup environment. Um, we do a number of hackathons, for example, mm-hmm. um, where our engineers get together and, you know, sky's the limit and the stuff they come up with is fantastic. Uh, when we, we roll that into our, our product uh, roadmap as much as we possibly can. So everybody can have a good idea. Um, we're fairly distributed at 1,500 people, too. I mean, we've got offices all around the world, I mean, from Australia to you know, Israel to, you know, Sao Paulo, Brazil, U.S., uh, U.K., et cetera. So... Yeah, 1500 is not that big a company when you're that distributed. Okay, okay. And you, uh, I mean, before that, you, you mentioned uh, NetUpdate. Um, so I guess uh, DocuSign is your, your second uh, startup, uh, uh, if that's right, yeah? Uh, more like four or five. Four or five, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but it, by far the largest. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, this, is, this is the largest market that we've ever tried to take on. And, you know, it's one of those things when we got started, we thought we were just creating a signature. If we could make a signature happen uh, in a browser, that would be great. And it turns out that as you start unraveling that, um, you know, initially customers said, that's great, you got me a signature. But it turns out that's not really the problem. The problem is we have all these business processes we didn't automate because we needed a signature. So we really need you to provide us a platform to automate a business process, including the signature. Um, so it keeps growing, keeps growing, keeps growing. And today, you know, we're expanding um, into the DTM space and starting to connect to things that that are uh, peripheral to the transaction, like payments, for example. You think about many, many documents in business transactions are talking about some sort of payment. Um, so being able to marry the transaction of agreeing to make a payment and the payment itself is a very exciting surface area. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, I, I guess so. You, as you say, you, this is uh, or DocuSign. You, you consider it your fourth or fifth startup, but you've also uh, had experience climbing the corporate ladder. I mean, starting out uh, at Apple, uh, I believe, and then AT and T and Wildfire. But did you always know that you were going to be an entrepreneur and, and start your own company or four companies? Uh, yeah, like- yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I did a bunch of stuff like this. Uh, when I was in college, I started a sailboard company with a buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I've always had sort of the, the, the bent to say, you know, let's do it. And if no one's doing it, let's do it ourselves. Um, but when you get into sort of your real, your real career, you know, 23 years old, and now you're in the workforce. And I, I, I went into big business and I learned a lot. Uh, I had an incredible time at Apple, an incredible time at Macaw and AT&T. But all that time I was there, I still had sort of the back of my mind, you know, I kind of like to go do something on my own. Um, and not because I want to be my own boss or anything, just because I like the ability to, you know, point the ship in a certain direction you want to go and then go there. No, that's, um, that's great. Um, uh, and I, I think, uh, yeah, I, for other entrepreneurs, uh, you, you know, that are sort of reading and, and listening, it's kind of interesting to see, you, you know, at what stage 
they actually start and do something as to you, you know whether uh, you're an entrepreneur from you know building lemonade stands and you, you go straight into building your own business or or whether you, you work for 10 years and gain some experience and start uh, your own company so uh, I guess everyone kind of has a, a different path but uh, perhaps they always maybe know you know deep down that they have that entrepreneurial gene uh, as such yeah yeah no but, I would say for me it was very useful to have the corporate experience uh, and I learned a lot in those environments that were it's invaluable I guess this uh, so next question may be kind of obvious but to be successful you know do you have to do something that you love Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I don't actually think I've worked in the last 25 years because, you know, I, I think about it, when I get up in the morning, what would I rather do today? And the funny thing is what I'd rather do is exactly what I'm doing, because obviously if you start a company, that's you chose to. So <laughs> that's what you'd rather do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, and um, but I mean, have you ever had days where you think, oh, you know, this is such hard work. Why? Why am I doing this? Or is every day like, no, you know, I, I absolutely love doing this, and this is what, I, as, as you say, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. Would never say that every day is a you know walk in the park. I mean, there's not just days, but weeks and months where you wonder if you've made a mistake. You wonder if, gosh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, or something changes in the environment that really makes it tough. Um, but I guess I kind of like that challenge. Um, I, I, I kind of like the, the, the puzzle ahead of you that says this is an, almost an impossible thing to solve. And while you're in the process of solving it, it's a little bit terrifying. But when you actually solve it and you look back, it's incredibly gratifying to know that you just, you know, you, you, you kept your wits about you. You, you know, continued to move forward. I like to say, um, you know, things are never as bad or as good as you think they are. And if you keep that in mind, you know, really bad things can happen and really good things can happen. If you just keep your head um, and, and keep going, you, you can do anything. You, you, nothing succeeds like persistence, right? I mean, you'll get there if you keep going. Yeah, actually, I, I read an article uh, today on, uh, on Mashable, which was saying persistence but pa uh, and not patience uh, is the key. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, that's uh, a great advice there. Um, who, who are the people that have inspired Tom Gonza um, throughout your career? Oh, there's been a lot of people that I've worked with. Um, I think my father's inspired me quite a bit. He ran the American Bar Association and sort of brought technology to the legal profession in the early days. Um, I, I, you know, I, I worked with some great people at Apple um, who were both you know, sales leaders and, and technical leaders. Um, Jean-Louis Gasset at Apple in the early days had a quote that I thought was pretty cool. You know, he said, um, we will be we won't be done improving on the Macintosh until you can't tell you're using it, which was kind of an interesting concept from a user experience perspective, which I, I really, I think user experience is very important. But the notion that you would, you would perfect a, process, a product to the point that you can't tell you're using it was always kind of interesting to me. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great quote. Um, um, and I, I guess from the people that have inspired you um, throughout your career to uh, perhaps your your peers in the SaaS industry uh, today. You know, who do you see as the most inspirational or visionary leaders within the SaaS industry, in your opinion, and why? And uh, I won't allow Tom Gonza as a, as an answer here. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give you that one. Yeah. No, I, I think you know. I think there's some amazing um, some amazing businesses being built, and and there's a list way too long to mention everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Aaron Levy at Box has done some amazing stuff um, in a very um, complicated marketplace. 
um, pushing through, you know, an IPO, et cetera. I mean, he, he's, he's done a pretty good job there. I think Drew over at Dropbox has done some amazing things there. I mean, the thing I think that I really respect about Dropbox is their, their focus on keeping things simple mm-hmm. and, and not biting into the, the temptation to just add features because that's what a lot of people want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think because they've done that, they've, they've built a, an amazing platform. And then I think also if you look at what Satya's doing at Microsoft, I, you know, we've been, we've been partnering or trying to partner with Microsoft for, I'd say, six years. And since he came on board there and really changed that culture, um, I think Microsoft has sort of re- been reinvigorated and they partner incredibly well now as opposed to what they were years ago. So there's a lot of people and a lot of different levels doing some amazing things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and, and I hear you on the, on the Microsoft front. I mean, they're very much more an open company. And I think even I, I've, I've seen tweets, you know, in the past where, for instance, you know, Aaron Levy has, you know, made a, a kind of joke about, uh, you know, Microsoft and, um, you know, it, its uh, ability or inability to partner. And, and then since that has been in, it's, a, it's just a whole different story, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I understand you've described yourself as a, a, a paranoid person. Um, uh, is it good to be paranoid? And you know, do only the paranoid survive? Well, I I, I hope they survive because I'm paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess my, my perspective is, you know, it, it, we invented this stuff and people followed. And so, if we've invented it, it's perfectly possible that someone else could invent something. So. I think it's important for us, especially in a, in a category leadership position, that if something's going to disrupt us, it better be us. So to that point, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit paranoid, but I think you always have to be looking forward to see where, where are the threat vectors in your, in your environment. And you should probably spend some energy looking at that. You know, in our case, for example, um, we're, we're playing with some of the Bitcoin technology actually block, blockchain, I should say, specifically, because that, that's a potential threat vector to what we're doing. It's an alternative, um, it, right now, it's really an alternative uh, cryptographic function. Um, it's not apparent that it has a play or not, but I believe it's the edge of something bigger. And so in that case, we spend some time and energy looking at it, trying to see how it applies to business transactions and digital transaction management. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I, I guess it's, you know, would you say it's like a, a leaf out of the book of uh, the innovator's dilemma um, uh, yeah. as, as such? Um, yeah. So it, it, it makes sense. And, and I've certainly seen that with DocuSign and, you know, read that about you that, you know, you are constantly evolving, you, you know, and not settling, you know, just to have the, um, uh, you, you know, e signatures uh, as such. And, you know, now your digital transaction management and, you know, the products are. Uh, is constantly sort of iterating for the better, so that's um, it's really good to see. Um, uh, so, what's your advice to uh, SaaS professionals that aspire to be, you know, the next Tom Gonser and maybe create the next DocuSign? Although, obviously, not not the next DocuSign to be, uh, you know, competitive with you, but um, you, you get the picture. Well, I think you mentioned it earlier. I think having a passion about something, you know, mm-hmm. if. Once you have that idea or see that business problem that, that hasn't been solved or isn't being solved correctly, if you're really passionate about it, that's, that's a very important starting point. Um, you have to believe in it, I think. You have to believe in it to stick with it. You have to believe in it to sell it, et cetera. Um, and then I think it's important to find the right team around you. you, know, you first thing is convince two or three other people that that's such a great idea or such a good, good thing to do that not only um, – 
would you say it's great, but you'd quit your job and do you know work for free to push the push the envelope. And if you can find a small team of people that you can kind of be on the same page about, about an idea like that and be passionate, I mean, I would say nothing can stop you. I mean, a great idea and a great team together. Um, you know, you can you can get funded, you can get you can build it, you can make it happen. Okay. Yep. Great advice there. Thanks, Tom. And um, uh, I guess the last couple of questions here. Um, aside from DocuSign, um, you know, what are your favorite producti- uh, productivity apps? Oh, I was just using a bunch of different apps. I, um, I was just actually demonstrating uh, a Google Translate app. We were just traveling around Europe and how useful that was. Um, you know, <laughs> being able to ask a question and, and have it pop out in another language is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. But, I mean, if you looked at my phone, I have way too many apps. Um, you know, they cycle quite a bit. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I think, uh, Periscope's pretty cool right now. Um, obviously the, the main, you know, Twitter, et cetera, obviously cool, but I kind of, I play with new stuff and I probably go through apps faster than I, than other people do. Like I, I kind of tee them up, see if they work and if they don't, I dump them. Um, but you know, I think Periscope's pretty cool. Um, what else do I use? Probably too much time on LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think everybody suffers uh, uh, from that uh, a little bit. Okay, um, so a final question: um, uh, You know, will DocuSign be ringing the IPO bell this year? <laughs> you know, that's funny. People people ask us that all the time. I know. <laughs> uh, and of course, you never comment on stuff like that beforehand. And, and I would say that a lot. Of the, another way people ask that is, "What's your exit strategy?" Which I always think is funny, because my exit strategy means to me, when am I leaving? And mm. I'm not doing that. So. We see we see uh, a public market uh, as a, a funding strategy. We've just raised, you know, quite a bit of money. We don't really need any money right now, um, and it's a it's sort of a it, de- it depends on um, you know the need for capital and the attractiveness of the public markets as a source of capital. But it's really just a funding event. It's not a an endpoint. So we we haven't commented on it. We haven't announced anything. Okay, so no breaking news on that. Uh... No, no. <laughs> okay. All right, well, um, uh, that, that's it uh, for, for today's uh, show, uh, Tom. So, you know, I really appreciate your time. Um, uh, for those that have been listening, you know, if you, if you liked or loved this podcast episode, we'd love you to rate it and review uh, on iTunes. Uh, and we'll see you next time.